0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. In today's Gospel, Jesus enters into a ship and passes back over the Sea of Galilee. It says that Jesus came into his own city. Now you might first think this might be Nazareth, but Nazareth is about a marathon's distance from where this story takes place along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Instead, this story happens in the city of Capernaum, where Jesus spent a lot of his earthly life. In fact, so much time that Capernaum is sometimes called the city of Jesus. Now, some persons in the story today brought a paralyzed man to him lying on a bed, And Jesus, seeing their faith, notice says nothing of the faith of the man who has the palsy, but because of the faith of those who brought the man, he says to the man who's sick, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, this certainly makes some sense, given what we know from other passages, that at the time of Jesus, suffering like this was thought to be caused by the personal sinfulness of the person afflicted or that of his or her family. And certainly some of our suffering is caused by our sinful behavior. If we excessively drink alcohol or smoke, and we end up developing a disease related to those substances, then our physical ailment is indeed a direct result of our sinful behavior. However, most of the suffering that we suffer (coughs) is merely a consequence of the fallen nature of this world. And yes, in an Eastern Orthodox sense, that is also sin. A missing of the mark that all creation now has due to the fall, but it's not our personal responsibility, not at least in the usual sense. But again, at Jesus's time for a man with a suffering of this type, it would have been thought to be due to someone's personal sin. For example, even when the man born blind is encountered by Jesus, it is his very disciples who ask Jesus, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus says, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. What a remarkable statement, and we'll come back to it. But let's turn back to this story for a moment. Jesus says to this man that his sins are forgiven. We may feel comfortable saying this to each other, your sins are forgiven. And of course, I proclaim the same when you come to confession. But at the time of Jesus, the power to forgive sin was thought to rest entirely with God. Certainly, we believe the same thing in the ultimate sense, but this is why the scribes say that Jesus is blaspheming when he tells this man his sins are forgiven. However, this is not the only place that Jesus turns upside down the idea that forgiveness of sins is completely in the hands of God. After all, Jesus tells his disciples in John 20, 23 that if they forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if they retain the sins of any, they are retained. And Jesus tells us all that we have a role to play in forgiveness. When he tells us in Matthew six fourteen through 15, that if we forgive men their trespasses, our heavenly father will forgive us. But if we do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will our father forgive our trespasses. What deeper meaning does Jesus have for us in his admonition to the scribes, which is, for which is it easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee? Or say, arise and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then he saith to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. How do you feel? you feel it's easier to forgive sins or to have a paralyzed man get up and walk? Take a moment, really think about that. Certainly when we can, we often like to hide our physical ailments from those around us, although I think we'll all admit sometimes we like to share a bit of them to get some sympathy when we're not feeling well. But how many of us are happy to share our sinful natures in order to get the same? Do we feel ashamed of our physical ailments in the same way as our spiritual ones? I feel quite certain for the vast, vast majority of us we do not. And yes, we all know how hard it is to heal some of our physical ailments, and yet so often we are in fact healed, even after extremely serious illnesses with the help of medicine. Do you feel the same about your sins? Do you feel that you can be healed of them even though they are serious? And the good news of the gospel is that indeed your sins can be forgiven and that the cure is freely given and guaranteed to result in a total cure. And that medicine is faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I said, it isn't simply saying with our lips that we believe. No, here, even in today's gospel passage, we saw that it took an active faith, one where this man's family or friends brought him to Jesus, trusting in Jesus's power to heal him. And sometimes the medicine may not taste so good either. Our souls are so darkened by sin and so oft- that so often we feel that what's good for us is hard, are no fun. That's our broken nature, talk. We need to align with Christ, and that brings us to our epistle reading today, where St. Paul is writing to the Ephesians. Right off the bat, he starts with that very point, telling them not to henceforth walk as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of heart who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness and greediness. Yes, St. Paul is talking about the darkness of our souls, marred by this fallen world and our own sinfulness that prevents us from seeing things as they really are. St. Paul goes on to say, he tells us that if we have heard Jesus, then we must put off our old man and be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We must put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, of course, that new man is not only us, but also Jesus Christ, who we're called to be icons of. And now St. Paul tells us that the medicine can achieve that renewal, putting away, tells us what that medicine is that can achieve that renewal, putting away lying and speaking the truth always, never letting the sun go down on our wrath. Stop stealing, and instead labor ourselves. Let no corrupt communication come out of our mouths, but only that which is good to edify others and which ministers grace to those that hear it. We must be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. That's the medicine, and I know for me, a lot of that sounds like a bitter pill, and I imagine it does for you too. Well, that's our calling. And the good news, again, is that God stands ready right this moment to forgive us, not just even forgive us, to restore us. God can really heal us, mind, body, and soul. And God today assures us that forgiving is the easy part. God simply does it when we approach him with humble acceptance of who we are. He trusts us. We go with him with faith. He will, in fact, heal us, just as he did this man afflicted by Paul's He healed this man not just physically, but spiritually as well. Jesus made him whole again, and he can make us whole again. Today, you and I are called just as the Ephesians were to renew our minds. We must always seek spiritual transformation. Each time we enter into this building, we come face to face with Jesus at the altar, and in that moment, we face a judgment. And I hope in that judgment we are continually reevaluating our lives, not just our spiritual lives, but our physical and mental lives also in the light of God's truth. So as you approach the altar day, examine and reflect upon yourself where you find places that are not aligned with Christ and seek to point them in His direction. Second, strive for that life which reflects Jesus, cultivating love, kindness, and humility, and putting away your negative behaviors like anger. We need to openly communicate with those we love and always seek resolution and handle our emotions in a way that doesn't lead to sin. Practice forgiveness and reconciliation. And finally, the healing of the man with the palsy emphasizes the interconnectedness of our physical and spiritual well-being. St. Paul tells us that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are not Platonists who see the physical world as evil. Instead, we know that it's broken, but that it's created by God who himself declared it to be good. And thus we need to take care of our physical bodies, our minds. And this also means that we need to seek reconciliation, forgiveness, and spiritual healing for our souls. So in closing, I want to make good on my promise to come back to Jesus' response to the disciples asking about the man born blind, that neither he nor his parents had sinned, but that his situation was for the works of God to be made manifest in him. And brothers and sisters, as you suffer in this world from physical, mental, and spiritual ailments and strive to restore your mind, body, and soul to what God created it to be, put it in God's hands. For its resolution, will all make the wonderful works of God manifest in each of you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.